Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. The Trump administration suffered a string of immigration defeats in the federal courts last Friday, preventing the administration from enforcing new immigration policies. In D.C., a federal judge stopped the Trump administration from fast-tracking deportation of undocumented immigrants. In Los Angeles, a federal judge denied the administration's attempt to end a 22-year-old agreement that limits how long migrant children can be held in detention. Also on Friday, another federal judge in L.A. blocked ICE from relying only on databases when issuing detainers. Joining me is David Beer, immigration policy analyst at Cato Institute. David, let's discuss expedited removal first. Explain how the Trump administration's plan would have expanded what's allowed now. Well, right now, if people are apprehended crossing the border or at a port of entry, they can be removed from the United States simply based on the say-so of whoever apprehended them, the immigration agent. The Border Patrol can send people back to their home countries or to Mexico without going to the immigration courts to obtain a removal order for that person. So this process is incredibly rapid. I mean, it can happen in minutes, you know, in some cases. So that's what we call expedited removal. Formal removal, on the other hand, requires them to go and present evidence that the person is in the country illegally, that they violated the immigration laws, and in addition, that they've been in the country for more than two weeks. So essentially, anyone who's been in the country for less than two weeks and is apprehended at a port of entry or within 100 miles of the border can be subject to that expedited removal. The alternative to that, like I said, is going to the immigration court to obtain a formal order of removal that would require them to go to their home country. And so this rule is really about making it possible to use expedited removal against anyone inside the United States, anywhere, no matter where they're apprehended, if they cannot prove that they've been in the country for at least two years. So you'd have to figure out how to prove that you've been in the country for at least that long in order to then be able to take your case to an immigration court. So the judge issued a preliminary injunction in a 126-page decision or memorandum. Just briefly tell us what the main basis for her decision was. Well, the biggest basis is that the Administrative Procedure Act typically requires the public to have input into the rulemaking process by allowing them to comment on a decision before it goes final. In this case, essentially, the administration said, we don't need to do this. It's an emergency. We have to put out this rule without taking into account any of the public's input. And the judge really rebuffed that idea that this is an emergency, that they had to do this right now without taking into account the public's views on the issue. Let's turn to the L.A. decision, which involved that 22-year-old agreement, the Flores Settlement. Explain what the judge did there. Well, the Flores Settlement requires the government to either detain children in state-licensed facilities or to release them to responsible sponsors in the United States, or at least put them in non-prison-like settings, so in foster care 
or shelters that are not run like a prison. And really the reason for this is initially the case developed out of a young girl who was apprehended at the border and basically put into an adult prison where she was strip searched and treated like any other prisoner. And essentially, the agreement that was come to in the 1990s said that's inappropriate. You have to take into account the best interest of the child. And what the judge said was these regulations that the administration have rolled out, which require them to detain children indefinitely and allow them to use prison-like settings in order to detain them without seeking state licensing for essentially holding children, by waiving those requirements, they had violated the terms of the agreement, and therefore the regulations uh, violated the law. At the district court level, the Trump administration has had a lot of losses in the immigration area, but many of these are likely to go to the Supreme Court, which has already allowed the Trump administration to proceed with immigration policies until a case is decided. Is the Supreme Court likely to rule the way the district courts are? I think it's case dependent. In some cases, the Supreme Court has gone against the administration. On the initial ban on asylum, for example, for people who had crossed illegally, the Supreme Court actually upheld that initial injunction. A later iteration with different criteria, they reversed course and allowed it to go into effect. So we have seen a little bit of equivocation on the Supreme Court depending on the specifics of each individual case. So I wouldn't just say automatically that the Supreme Court will instantly reverse this. At a minimum, this will delay the administration's plans for months. Now, the White House said in a statement on Saturday that, once again, a single district judge has suspended application of federal law nationwide, which has been something that they have complained about before. Is that likely to cause a problem as these decisions go to the federal circuit courts of appeals? Well, the the administration says this anytime anything they want to do is struck down, that they say the law is being suspended. But it's really their regulation that's being suspended. The the law as it existed prior to last month will continue. And so the administration will still be able to enforce the law as it existed then. And uh, nothing in this decision or any of these decisions prevent them from enforcing immigration law against people in the country illegally. You don't think there is any kind of a problem with nationwide injunctions? Uh, I mean, it's it's ultimately a question for the courts. You know, I imagine that the Supreme Court might roll that back and, and limit the, the scope of those injunctions. All right. Thank you so much, David. That's David Beer, immigration policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.